When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride. I'm your host, Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and this is another Let's Ride podcast, which airs every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning. You know the drill by now. My ride-or-die crew is as loyal as ever, and we are at a victory Monday. The Pittsburgh Steelers somehow, someway, find a way to beat the Tennessee Titans at Heinz Field in Week 15. Final score, Pittsburgh Steelers 19, Tennessee Titans 13. And if that score wasn't weird enough, the game was certainly weird. And this is a game where we might look back on this and think, what an aberration. We might look back on this and think, was this just the beginning? We might look back and think, was this just a flash in the pan? Well, there's a lot of things that we can think, and we're going to talk about that. I have winners and losers in the second half of this podcast. And before we get into anything else, I want to make sure I I always plug this. BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, it should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, whether it's breaking news, film rooms, commentary, opinion pieces, everything right there in one spot, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And also, wherever you get your podcasts, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe, follow, whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. All right. Enough of the promos and pluggings and stuff like that. It's time to get to the nitty-gritty, and it's all about this win, the Steelers' seventh win. They are now 7-6-1 on this 2021 regular season, and what a weird win. I mean, when you think about the Steelers, they didn't run the ball well. They couldn't stop the run. uh, they, They didn't throw the ball particularly well. Defense did their job in terms of creating, creating turnovers, takeaways, but they find a way to win. 
They find a way to win 12 points off those four takeaways, and it's just enough to get through. But you know what? The funny thing is some fans, especially fans of other teams, will kind of turn their nose up at wins like this that the Steelers just experience and say, oh, well, you know, if the the Tennessee Titans only turned it over three times, they win. And you're probably right. But guess what? They didn't. They turned it over four times, and they lost. So... I'm not expecting anyone from the Steelers organization to submit an official apology or anything like that to the NFL stating that we apologize for winning in a weird way. You know what? You need some of these weird wins sometimes. When you think about seasons, whether it's another team in this season, whether it's this season in general for the Steelers or past seasons where the Steelers have had any semblance of success, you have these weird wins. You have these wins where you you think back on it and think to yourself, how in the world did they find a way to win that game? They, they, they shouldn't have won that game, but they found a way to win it. And you need some of these weird wins. And to be completely honest with you, the Steelers haven't had a lot of these weird wins this season. They've had a lot of weird games. We all remember the Week 10 tie against the Detroit Lions. But they haven't had a lot of these weird wins where you're just, wow, like I can't believe that just happened. It's been a weird season. But these this game in particular was very weird. And we're going to break it down in a lot of ways, uh, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com especially, but also on our podcast platform. Make sure you check out all the podcasts in the morning noon and the afternoon Uh, it's going to be good content this week leading up to christmas what a christmas gift by the way and when you think about it when you think about it i I know i do these things linger with me you so you know the steelers win you're you're flying high you're pumped up you're kind of ticked off in certain areas for certain things uh officiating talk about that in a second but also you're also thinking about things like man This is just so great that they won the game. So now, for those of you that celebrate Christmas, obviously this Friday is Christmas Eve. You get to kind of ride this wave and ride this high. The high that we should have been able to experience when the Steelers beat the Ravens. The fan base should have gotten that whole week, but instead it was that Thursday night game against Minnesota that kind of just put a damper on everything. Not this week. This week the Steelers get all week. You can enjoy it. You can sit back in the holidays and watch you know, the game's on Saturday on Christmas Day, and you can then on the, and the day after is when the Steelers are going to go to Kansas City and play the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium at 425. I'm not going to get into that, though. I'm not talking about that game yet because we want to enjoy this win. What a Christmas gift from the Steelers. What a Christmas gift. And Dave Schofield was at the game with his big brother. They did some a great podcast both before and after the game, so make sure you go and check those out, whether it's on our YouTube channel or whether it's on our podcast platform. Uh, just really cool stuff. And we actually got to meet up with some people that are followers of the podcast and stuff, so really cool for that to happen. But speaking of other games, and you talk about the AFC North, man, the, what a crazy division this is right now. And I'm kind of going random, but this is just how I have my my notes bullet pointed here. You know, the Ravens, it, they played the Green Bay Packers in the late slot. And all of a sudden you're thinking, okay, they the look like Green Bay was going to run away with it. The the Baltimore Ravens, not with Lamar Jackson, a quarterback, with Hundley come flying back. They score what you think is going to be a game-tying touchdown. All they need is an extra point. What, is, what does Harbaugh do? Or as we call him on the Steelers preview, Wang Harbs, what does he do? He goes for two again, and again, he fails. And again, the Ravens lose because of it. And so now you're looking at the Ravens are 8-6. and six. The, the Cincinnati Bengals, they go to Denver. 
They find a way to win a really scary injury to Teddy Bridgewater. If you saw that game, just really frightening when he went down after scrambling to, to I, th- I think he had a first down, uh, got hit, kind of fell, landed on his head. Just really, really frightening. The, the Broncos weren't the same after that. And then the, the uh, Bengals were able to escape mile high with a victory. So that moves the Cincinnati Bengals ahead of the Ravens for the moment with their both have an eight and six record. And the Cleveland Browns have yet to play. They are slated to play Monday at 5 p.m. And that's a whole other bag of worms right there. I wanna, I'll talk about that in a second. But you look at this, Bengals 8-6, and six, Ravens 8-6, and six, Browns 7-6, and six, Steelers 7-6-1. Seven, so if the, if the Browns lose to the Raiders, well, then they would go to the fourth spot. Steelers would move ahead of them based on win percentage. And every single team would be like a half game away from each other, except for, I'm sorry, the Browns would be a game back. But it is going to be a race to the finish in this division. It is exciting. But speaking of that Browns game that got moved, I'm sure everyone's heard about that by now. I I said this on Twitter. It absolutely makes me sick to my stomach. Not done has nothing to do with COVID-19, by the way. I don't want anyone to say, oh, my gosh, Jeff just said that people getting sick. Now, I'm not saying that at all. This is not political. It has nothing to do with the the virus or anything like that. It's the fact that the National Football League refuses to show any consistency when it comes to this stuff, ever. Yeah, I'm still bitter about 2020. I'll be completely honest. I am still bitter about both the Tennessee Titans screwing up the Steelers by week and then the Baltimore Ravens, who I swear to this day, until the day I die, that they manipulated the system so that they could get the game pushed back over and over again. They could get more players back on the field. I'm, I, I am around Ravens fans every day, and I will tell every single one of them to their faces it's exactly what John Harbaugh did. And so when the, the, the NFL, when they here's what really ticks me off. If they would have had that standard set for every single team, then you're like, okay, it is what it is. You know, as Mike Tomlin said, we do not care. But they had, they didn't do that. Don't forget when Denver had to go into a game with no quarterback, and people say, well, that was because they, they moved their little locators, and I get it. But let's look at what you did. So here you have the, the Las Vegas Raiders. They're ready, to, they're ready to play the game. They're ready to go to Cleveland. And they, they don't have an outbreak. They don't, they don't have 27 players on the COVID-19 reserve list or whatever number the Browns have. They don't have that. And so the NFL says, okay, we're going to push the game back. Well, wait a second. Well, what did we do? What, what did the Raiders do? I, I don't get this at all. And it, it's, it's mind-numbing how stupid the National Football League can be. They show favorites every season, and it disgusts me. It really does. There's no consistency whatsoever with the National Football League. I know I got off on a tangent. I'm sorry. It still drives me nuts. And it, yes, a lot of it is because it's the Browns. I'll be honest. But a lot of it's also just because the National Football League in so many ways makes me want to rip my hair out. The, the little hair I have left on my head, it makes me want to rip my hair out of my head. And so um, that's just the latest thing that, that, that they've done that really pissed me off is the fact that I'm still bitter about last season. That's number one. Number two, again, no consistency whatsoever. So now the Browns are going to be able to get a lot of these players back, and the Raiders are sitting there thinking – well, okay, so now we got to play on Monday. We're going to have a short week after that. We don't have an outbreak. How are we benefiting from this? They're not. They're not benefiting from it, and that's where the NFL got it, got it wrong. Okay, let's get off that wagon for a sec. Let me decompress. Okay, now, 
a lot of fans out there, I'm sure there's some fans, Steeler fans, and I haven't been on Steeler's Twitter a lot because I've just been busy with the post-game show, getting this show ready for Monday morning, uh, doing work on the editorial side. I, when you run the website, you have a lot of work to do. And I'm sure there's people out there complaining, saying the Steelers shouldn't have won, and oh my gosh, my blah, 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 whatever. You can say whatever you want, but what did we all ask for? We all asked for the same thing. I had it in my how to win, not this week, but in prior weeks. Can someone please step up and make a play? Like Any play, defensively. Can someone that's not named Watt Hayward, Minka Fitzpatrick, come up and make a play? And my goodness, it happened. We should, in some way, in some way, shape, or form, celebrate this game when you think about the fact that Taco Charlton was the one that got his big paw up on the football, tips it up into the air, and Joe Schobert, the much maligned Joe Schobert, brings it down with the interception. That Joe Hayden, who just comes back off of the, well, I wasn't an injured reserve, but he just comes back to the to live game action. The last time he played was in Week 10 against Detroit, and he's making big plays. Making big plays. He had a, a Palomalu-esque type, uh, I guess it was ruled a fumble recovery and not an interception, but still, great play. The tackle, man, that tackle. People are making plays. They are make- Derek Tushka, for crying out loud, had a strip sack fumble. I mean, my goodness, this is what we've been asking for. And so, yes, you have every right as a fan to sit there and think, well, wasn't pretty. But at the same time, some of the things that we've been wanting, the Steelers actually delivered on Sunday. So we got to keep that in the back of our minds as well. All right, the last thing I want to talk about, or should I say sound off about, is the officiating. Yeah, I just went off about the National Football League and their COVID policies, protocols that are just so inconsistent i can't think that there's anything that's involved with the national football league that is more inconsistent than the officiating what in the heck was that that we saw on sunday at heinz field and sadly sadly when i watch the nfl i am saying what the heck is that a lot more than i am well i've seen that call made a million times what I'm seeing is that I may, I may be watching any game. So for instance, a Saturday night, I watched the, the end of the Patriots and Colts game. And let's just say there was a play that was called holding on the right tackle. I'm not talking about a specific play, just using an example. And I'm thinking, okay, that, that's definitely holding. And then all of a sudden, the Steelers play on Sunday, and there's a play where T.J. Watt is literally being hugged by two offensive linemen, and it's not called. They eventually let him go because they realize that they continue to hold him like they're giving him a bear hug, like they haven't seen him in years and they're welcoming him back with open arms, that they're going to get called. So they let him go and he ends up going and making a play. But when I watch the Saturday night game and I see that called holding, and then I watch my favorite team, the Steelers, play on Sunday and they do it over and over again and it's never called holding, what in the world am I watching? Where's the consistency? But it goes beyond holding, because I know there's holding. That's what all the football people say. Well, there's holding on every play. All right, I get it. I understand it. But what about the RPO, or as Ben Roethlisberger put it after the game, the running play that he hands to Najee Harris, and he gets hit. Not pushed, not shoved, hit. Goes down to the ground. No one sees it, no flag. you got to be kidding me. If that was Tom Brady, the state troopers would have been called in to arrest the individual. You know it. You know it's true. Don't lie. Also, Chase Claypool. Okay, so he drops a wide receiver screen pass. Steeler fans are probably frustrated about that. The guy's been in the doghouse for well over a week now. Drops the ball. It's literally on the ground right in front of the defender. Defender comes over. 
Claypool's just picking up the football. He knows it's a dead ball. Guy pops him. So you're saying that last week in, on Thursday Night Football, Chase Claypool got a 15-yard penalty for putting his fingers on a, an opponent's face mask. 15 yards. The guy comes and gets a five-yard run and pops Claypool, no flag, when the ball is clearly on the ground. It gets better. How about that spot on the final play of the Tennessee Titans' final drive? Did anyone, anyone that was watching the sideline, was there a side judge with their eyes open is the question. It didn't look like it. You have a player that Joe Hayden, he said it in his post-game press conference, he had his heels on the first down marker. They were in man coverage. His man went inside. He knew he had outside. And so when he broke on the ball, he knew that if he tackled him forward and didn't let him to push him backwards, there was no way he was getting the first down. It's exactly what he did. Breaks on the ball. The guy was a good yard, maybe even more, short of the first down. And when they put the ball down and place it, and they bring out the six to measure, it looks like they need a microscope to figure out if they got the first down. You have got to be kidding me, people. The NFL has a problem. They have a real problem on their hands. And this is not about games being moved. This is about the officiating. And it's not just a Steelers problem. It is a league-wide problem. If the National Football League wants to be considered credible in any way, shape, or form, they need to get this stuff under control. That spot was atrocious. And the Titans, rightfully so, hurried to the ball. They wanted to run a play so that it couldn't be reviewed. Thankfully, it worked in the Steelers' favor. But my goodness, it never even should have come to that. I need to get off my soapbox for a second. I'm going to talk about winners and losers right after this break. Seven winners and seven losers. It was that kind of game. We'll go over it. Be right back. Stay tuned. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment of Let's Ride. I'm your host, Jeff Hartman, and it is Monday, a victory Monday. I hope that you are excited as I am. Rock those colors proud, as you always do, you black and gold maniacs out there, my ride-or-die crew. Let's go over the winners. Seven winners and seven losers. You probably think, Jeff, they won the game. How do you have seven winners and seven losers? It was There were parts that were bad, trust me. First winner, Chris Boswell. Stat line, four for five on field goals. The only miss was that 56-yarder at the end of the first half. He is, I think he's perfect in the fourth quarter. I believe that's what Jim Nan said. And he was one for one on extra points. This guy has been as automatic as it can get. And I know he missed a kick against Minnesota. And I know that that kick at the end of the first half, it looked like it was good, just came up short. But in a game where 
you know, everyone would have said, just gosh, if we would have just had our kicker kicking extra points to score one more touchdown, uh, that would be great. But at the same time, when you can call on your kicker and you make it feel like a 46, 48 yard field goal is, is like a chip shot now, that's a great place to be. Uh, if not for some shoddy time management, we'll get to that later. Uh, Boswell, that kick at the end of the half likely would have been a lot closer, in which case he could have made all five of his attempts. But I think Chris Boswell deserves credit, especially on a day where he provides 12 points to the Steelers. Actually, 13, counting the extra point, to the Steelers, 19. Next winner, TJ Watt. Stat line, five tackles, four solo, one and a half sacks, one tackle for loss, three quarterback hits, and one fumble recovery so if you haven't heard it now you've been living under a rock that tj watt is now the single season sack king for the pittsburgh Steelers, the official and he's not the unofficial sack king yet he is tied with gene big daddy lipscomb for 17 and a half sacks he only needs another half sack to pass him and be both the official and unofficial and the reason why it's unofficial is that these are uh, uh, Big Daddy's sacks are sacks that were before they started registering sacks as an official statistic. And so people have gone back and checked the, the, the scores and stuff like that, and they have viewed that 17 and a half is the unofficial mark. But I'll tell you what, the Steelers, they got one and a half sacks out of Watt. They needed every bit of that production in week 15. But you think about it, you probably felt the same way I did when you saw Watt holding his ribs or his midsection. You're thinking, oh, my gosh, if he cracked his ribs, you got to be kidding me. Uh, but no, he, he was only missed a play, got back out there. The guy's a freak. He's a freak of nature. You just see how the, the defense, I'm sorry, the offense is, they're, they're chipping him. They're putting a tight end over him. They're double teaming him, and he still finds a way to make a play. Got to give some credit to Keith Butler. He moves him around a lot, move him on the inside, outside, a uh, lot of twists and stunts. They do a good job of getting T.J. Watt in space. That's what he needs. He's definitely a winner. Next winner is Joe Hayden. Stat line, only two tackles, two solo, had a fumble recovery, but that tackle on fourth down, boy, is that worth talking about. You haven't seen him since week 10, and that Palomalu-esque fumble recovery interception, it's, it was deemed a, a fumble recovery, uh, but I think that maybe they would view that as an interception, but still it's labeled as a fumble recovery. My goodness, though, that play, in my opinion, is not even close to that tackle on fourth down. I kind of talked about it in the first segment. It deserves being talked about again. That fumble recovery was awesome. I mean awesome in every sense of the word. Uh, just textbook. Just textbook. Some There are some other defensive backs on the team I'd love to be able to watch that play and say, watch how he tackles. Doesn't go backwards. Drives him backward, Drives him backwards. Great play. Joe Hayden, welcome back to the lineup. It was good to see him back out there. Hopefully he stays healthy. They're going to need him down the stretch run, especially next week against Kansas City. Next winner, Minka Fitzpatrick. Stat line, 14 total tackles. He had 12 solo and one fumble recovery. Minka Fitzpatrick had, a, had that fumble recovery. He also had a ton of tackles in this game. It's hard to believe he's over 100 tackles on the season for the first time in his young career, and there's a good chance he might lead this team in tackles this season. In case you didn't know, it's not good when your safety is the leading leading your team in tackles. But nonetheless, Vince Patrick is making plays all over the field. And a lot of folks out there that are fans are wondering, why isn't he making plays on the ball? Like, where is he in the passing game like he used to be? Well, he's being used more as a linebacker, and it's out of necessity. And it's because he's in the deep half, 
And Mike Tomlin talked about this in his post-game remarks after the game, and he said that, you know, the reason why you're seeing Minka Fitzpatrick come down, he is that elite of a player. He can play the run. He can play the pass as well. He's doing it all for that defense, and they need him big time. Minka Fitzpatrick deserves to be on the winner's list. The next winner is straight-up takeaways. Steelers had four takeaways. They had three fumble recoveries and that Joe Schobert interception. You know, they had those, those takeaways. It was very kind of... 2020 reminiscent of that opportunistic defense. I uh, remember that that 2020 defense led the NFL in interceptions. Um, my goodness, think, think about how in the last two games, the Steelers have accrued six takeaways. You know, six takeaways. And th- that's tremendous. They've only had, in the last two games, they've had six takeaways, only one turnover. That's a plus five mar- margin, people. That is a great spot to be. And so there's a lot of people out there that have been wondering where have the turnovers and the takeaways been? And the answer is that sometimes they come in bunches. Sometimes they come in bunches. And if the Steelers can start making this a regular thing, whether it's just one or two, it doesn't have to be four all the time, it's going to help them a long way. It's going to help them go a long way based on the fact that their offense is going to need those extra possessions and those defensive turnovers keep points from being scored. Next, Winner is the pass rush. The Steelers finished with four sacks and seven quarterback hits on Ryan Tannehill. They had an early sack from Chris Wormley, who left the game with a groin injury. Uh, And then it was Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, even Derek Tushka got in on the mix. The pass rush was a huge factor for the Steelers. And on a day when they struggled versus the run, uh, boy, their pass rush made plays when necessary. That is for sure. Okay, let's go to the next winner, and that is finding a way to win. Yes, finding a way to win. They had the stat line here, if I had to pick one, was that they the defense allowed zero second half points. They didn't allow the Titans to score any points in the second half. They trailed 13 to 3 at halftime and won the game 19 to 13. And they had four takeaways. What does that equal? That equals a win. This game was absolutely insane. Another slow start, timely takeaways a second-half defensive shutout, and a game that was essentially won by your place kicker. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Steelers found a way to win, and for one more week, their playoff dreams remain alive. What a Christmas gift. I said that earlier. I'll say it again. What a Christmas gift for Steelers faithful everywhere. Okay, let's go over those winners one last time. Chris Boswell, TJ Watt, Joe Hayden, Minka Fitzpatrick, the takeaways, pass rush, and finding a way to win. Seven of them. Now let's go to the loser side of this. On the loser side, the top loser is Mike Tomlin's clock management. Just the stat line is this, a brutal end of the first half. And I've said it before, I'll say it again, I like Mike Tomlin. People that listen to my podcast know that I am not a I'm not in the fire Tomlin community. But that doesn't mean I haven't been critical of Tomlin at times and if there's ever an opportunity or if there's ever a section of his coaching that you can be very critical of. It's time management, clock management. And at the end of the first half, it might've been some of the worst I've ever seen. If you can't remember, if you can't, I guess if you don't remember the nine and a half plus minute drive by the Tennessee Titans in the second quarter, Steelers are sitting on three timeouts and you're wondering like, okay, that they're in field goal range. So why are the Steelers calling timeout to, if they, if they're going to kick a field goal, if they're going to take points, or if they're going to go for it on fourth down, doesn't matter. You want your team to have time to maybe put some points up based on the fact also that coming out of halftime, the Titans got the ball to start the third quarter. 
So after the game, obviously, Mike Tomlin was asked about this. Here was his response when asked about it. Quote, I was more concerned with stopping them than I was with creating a drive opportunity for us. I wanted them to make decisions on going from second down to third down on time unless they burn one of their timeouts. They chose not to, so the clock ran. We can get excited about subsequent drives, but you've got to stop, get the stop first, and I didn't take that for granted. Um, Yeah, I'm sorry, Coach. I'm not buying what you're selling at all. I much would have rathered you say, look, I, I, I thought they'd use a timeout. They didn't. Next thing you know, I look at the clock, it's rolling, and I didn't burn it. So uh, it's my fault. Mismanaged clock. Uh, my players bailed me out. Whatever you want to say, you know, Tomlin's, he's owned it before. I think that was a spot he should have owned it, but uh, he's thankful, should be thankful that his team bailed him out. Next loser, this is a first, Najee Harris. Stat line, 12 carries, 18 yards, one and a half yard average. He had two catches on five targets for eight yards. And this would be a first for the Steelers, prize rookie running back, first round pick in the 2021 NFL draft. You know, Harris hasn't found himself on the loser's list yet in this brief career, but this game, yeah, he does. And it wasn't like the offensive line was dominating and Harris was just not playing well. No, I mean, this they're not clicking on all cylinders. But the one thing I saw that I was disappointed with was that Harris didn't take just what the defense was giving him on way more than one occasion. Probably, uh, I would say, at least five or six occasions where, you know, you're thinking about, okay, you get the football, you don't see much in front of you, put your head down, lower your pads, get three yards, live to play another down. Instead, we saw the stop, the hesitation, trying to bounce it outside, and then that two to three yard gain turns into a two to three yard or four yard loss, and now all of a sudden you're off schedule, now you're behind this chains, now the Steelers are in a precarious situation. I've said it before, I'll say it again, the Steelers offense is unbelievably fragile. And when they're that fragile, you can't have those negative plays. Najee had too many of them today. And again, it's not all on him. The offensive line certainly is to blame. But I expect Najee Harris to be better. I really do. The next loser are injuries. The Steelers lost Chris Wormley and Pat Fryermuth. Wormley to a groin and Fryermuth to a concussion during the game. And TJ Watt, like I said earlier in the podcast, was dealing with some sort of injury to his midsection or ribs. All three of these positions, you think about defensive line, tight end, pass rusher, uh, they're some of the thinnest on the Steelers roster. Uh, there was a report uh, on Sunday at, Sunday night that the Fryermuth is doing well, that he was uh, able to drive home, and so he's hopefully able to clear protocols, but that was an ugly hit. It's his second concussion of this, of this season. I think maybe even in this month, that's frightening in and of itself. So uh, keep that in mind with Fryermuth. You hope that he's healthy enough to play, but you also hope that he is just healthy. You know, we all sit here and say we hope he's healthy enough to play. I hope that his brain is healed and that he's healthy. That's what I hope for. Next loser is the rush offense, the Steelers' running attack. Listen to these numbers. Stat line, 17 carries, 35 yards, 2.1 yards per carry. They did have a touchdown. Oh, you're thinking, oh, they scored a touchdown. I forgot. What happened? Well, that was Ben Roethlisberger's quarterback sneak. The second time they had to do it. The Steelers' running game is is straight up broken. And you have to wonder, is it able to be fixed? Or maybe is, is this just the absence of Kevin Dotson? Because considering, I thought the run game was showing some serious signs of life before his ankle sprain put him on injured reserve. 
I don't know what they have to do to figure it out, but man, running the ball effectively in between the tackles, that's what they need to do because jet, these jet sweeps to Deontay Johnson, to Ray Ray McLeod, to Chase Claypool, eh, it's not going to cut it in a week-in and week-out basis. Next loser is the rush defense. Ugh, the stat line, Tennessee had 42 carries for 201 yards. It's a 4.8 yard per carry average, and they did score one touchdown, and that was on a quarterback sneak. Both touchdowns of the game were scored by the quarterbacks in a goal line situation. The Steelers won. I think we can all say the defense played better, but my goodness, they still gave up over 200 yards on the ground, and the stat line speaks for itself. And the takeaways just kind of mask how inept this unit looks at times. You know, the loss of Chris Wormley, it put players like Henry Mondeau, Isaiah Loudermilk, Carlos Davis, who just got back on the field. They were playing way more than anyone would have wanted, and it showed. And so now they have the Steelers going down the stretch here, three games left. Two of those three games, divisional games, Cleveland at home, Baltimore on the road, both of those teams love to run the football. If they want to fix, find a way to make the postseason, they better find a way to fix this rush defense real quick. I'm not holding my breath. Next loser is the time of possession. Stat line, Tennessee had the ball for 39 minutes and 8 seconds to Pittsburgh's 20 minutes and 52 seconds. I mean, you want to see a, lo- a lopsided stat? That's it right there. I mean, the Ste- yeah, I get it. The Steelers' takeaways, you had short fields, short drives, but the Titans dominated, especially in the first half, every facet of the game the third down defense for the Steelers continues to struggle in key moments we're talking about third and six plus they're giving those up way too often and it can it allows these drives to continue it allows the clock to tick it allows the time of possession to be severely slanted in one direction just not good enough last loser is the third down offense the Steelers I mean my gosh it's been on the losers list every week but one they went they finished two for eleven I literally had to double check. Like I wrote it down in the article. I have it in my notes. I had to double check that this was, they literally were two for 11 and they were, I couldn't believe it, but it was that bad. It was that bad. The Steelers third down offense was atrocious. It was absolutely atrocious. It's the best way to, that's my best way of putting it. It's just bad. But the Steelers find a way to win. They somehow find a way to win. Despite those losers, I'll read them again. The losers were Mike Tomlin's clock management, Najee Harris, the injuries, the rush offense, the rush defense, time of possession, and the third down offense. Seven winners, seven losers. And the Steelers are the biggest winner. So I'm down on the team. Obviously, seven losers are thinking, that man, that's a lot. It is a big number. However... The Steelers also really, really struggled in this game in a lot of ways. So, with that said, the Steelers win, though. The Steelers win. We should all be excited. They gave us a great Christmas gift, an early Christmas gift. So, if you're out there and you're celebrating, yes, they did win. Despite all the bad news that I talked about in the losers list, they did find a way to win the game, and that's what ultimately matters. So, I'll tell you what's coming up. On on Tuesday, make sure you're on the lookout for the mailbag tweet that I put out. You can follow me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. And you'll see a Shooter McGavin gif, the the villain from the Happy Gilmore Gilmore movie. Easy for me to say. And just put your question there. I'll be glad to answer those. I'll be doing that on Wednesday. And then on Friday, Christmas Eve, you'll get me for your 
getting you ready for the upcoming game. Everything will be pretty much status quo for us despite the holiday because it's happening on Friday and Saturday. Good news for my ride or die crew. In the meantime, folks, enjoy this win. Enjoy it. If anything's taught, if we've learned anything from this season, if this season has taught us anything, it's that wins can be few and far between. So enjoy this win, enjoy this week, and I'll be back on Wednesday for that mailbag and a lot more. In the meantime, make sure BehindTheSteelCurtain.com is your one-stop shop for all things Steelers. Wherever you get your podcasts or Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe, follow, whatever you have to do so that you do not miss a thing. In the meantime, as I always finish out my podcast, be safe, be kind, and God bless. Go Steelers. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.